It is first and Moose, Connor Taylor, Mark Schoenster. We're reacting to NFL free agency, the beginning of it. Obviously, still plenty of time for teams to make some signings. But we're going to do biggest winners and losers today from the beginning of free agency. And obviously, that's going to that's gonna change. Probably we'll have some wrong answers today because it turns out a lot of times that some people you never talk about end up winning free agency. That happens a lot in free agency. But first, Mark, March Madness is going on. How's your bracket going? Um, it is absolutely decimated. It is riddled and mangled and destroyed to an incomprehensible uh, ash. It is, I mean, three of my final four teams are already out. Mm. Um, and uh, I already have a lot of my Elite Eight out. So it's it's just... It, it, it was in shambles. Now, I'm not – I know some people get irritated when their bracket goes wrong. I, for one, am typically all right with my bracket getting busted. I enjoy when crazy things happen. And, uh, and I and, and, and like, I mean, Oral Roberts, for example. Yeah. Like, a lot of people had Ohio State in the Final Four. I actually did not. But um, I just thought that was – I just thought that was great. And, and so I, I try to embrace the madness, enjoy it. Um, obviously, still a little down from – watching West Virginia lose to Syracuse. Um, didn't realize the 2-3 zone was uh, a modern phenomenon. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, that's just how it goes. Double-digit Syracuse just have just have that power, I guess. And uh, so you feel bad about that. But my bracket is in absolute shambles. Mine is, too. I always pick upsets, but I, I don't – I think I picked, like, two correct – and the yeah. rest were wrong upsets. So I just kind of throw darts at some. I'm like, I know I got to pick some, but I don't know which ones yeah. work. And then it didn't yeah, work absolutely. out this year. Yeah, but. there's no way to know. There's no way. You, you have to pick some. And when you're going through the bracket, it's very hard to reason why this is the upset. And you're typically wrong. You're typically going to be wrong. So yeah. I, I was thinking the other day, Mark, I was like, if I had the perfect bracket, and it was my favorite team in the national championship. But I picked the team they were going against. I don't know if I would be able to not be selfish and want the other <laughs> team to win. I was like, I don't know if that – that would really suck if that happened. But I was like, I don't think I would be able to not to be selfish and be that one guy <laughs> with the perfect bracket. But. Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess it's a win-win. Um, but I don't know. If it got to the point where I could be willing, winning millions of dollars or my team wins the national championship – uh, I don't know. That's a tough spot. That's that's a tough that's a tough spot. But we can we're here to talk NFL and you know move past that West Virginia loss. I was I was doing my notes after the loss and I was like, man, I I hope I just don't write a bunch of losers down because I'm not in the best mood <laughs> right now. But I, I found winners. I found them out there. We'll, we'll just jump around everywhere and do some winners, some losers. But I want to talk about the one that I wasn't even sure of. It's the New England Patriots. I couldn't make up my mind, Mark. I didn't know if I wanted to put them as a winner or a loser. I feel like if they were any other team, I would have said loser. But I guess I just give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt. Am I am I dumb to do that? Should I just say, hey, you guys were losers in free agency. You overspent in a lot of areas. You know, it's really interesting because every single other season in the Bill Belichick era, they seldom quote-unquote, win in free agency. They don't go on spending sprees like this, which is very bizarre to me, which I, I think indicates that there's an issue and that they're trying to fix it right now. 
Um, and I guess kudos to them for finally going into the free agent market and, and buying some players. And I think they bought some fantastic players in Matthew Judon and, and John New Smith and Hunter Henry and, and Nelson. And I think Nelson Aguilar could even be a decent addition to the team, but regardless, they, they're, they're all some quality players that I think will be able to help the team. I think John New Smith will be very overlooked. Uh, I think he is a fantastic tight end. He's going to do some great things in new England. And uh, I mean, I guess he's got his tight end duo again, as Bill Belichick loves to have. But it is strange because of the fact that they don't spend in free agency that often. Like when they signed Brandon Cooks a couple years ago, that was like an insane revelation. When they acquired Antonio Brown, that was some insane, crazy thing. They don't just do that. So for me, I think these were good moves. I think that these were moves that are going to help the Patriots this next season. But the underlying factor for why they happened is that the Patriots are in trouble and they're doing things that are not really in their, their MO. They, they, this isn't their, their style of, of acquiring talent. And so I'll, I'll be curious to see if it pans out and if, if this Patriots team falls into the habits of every other NFL team and, and, and loses the, uh, the, the sole Patriot way of doing things that was always so different from every other franchise. If that kind of gets lost in translation now that Tom Brady is gone and they need to, uh, I guess he evolved the modern NFL. I think one thing I was thinking about is, you know, the Patriots always do kind of what's opposite that other teams do. And they seem smarter in a year where everyone seems scared to spend the Patriots went out there and, spent a ton of money and did the opposite and i don't know if it's going to turn out to be smart or not i mean i agree with you mark i like some of the signings hunter henry john smith two great tight ends i mean that's going to help your line your passing game it's going to help cam newton next year a ton and then on the defensive side i like bringing back kyle van noy i mean they i believe they even they they lost him last year so they get a pick for him and then they brought him back. So they got Kyle Van Noy <laughs> back in a comp pick on a, in a year last year where I feel like Bill Belichick might not have, have cared, but there's some other areas where I was like, I don't know if I'm in love with it, but wide receiver, we've learned he can't draft it for some odd reason. So I guess it's okay to overpay some guys. I guess. Yeah. That's logic. No, I also, I mean, just scrolling down, I even forgot that they got Kendrick Bourne and uh, Jalen Mills. I think those are also his two underrated picks. That's a lot of money they're spending. But Jalen Mills, I've always thought, had the potential to be better than what he was. And then Kendrick Bourne may even be better than Nelson Aguilar. So, and they're going to get him for a lot cheaper. It's, it is going to be strange to see. But I definitely think the tight end duo is huge because now you've got two handy guys who you could throw to on third down where last season – who are you throwing it to? I mean, bird. <laughs> I just, I don't know. You, you didn't have anyone to, you didn't have anyone reliable. And now you've got two great reliable tight ends and that's right up Belichick's wheelhouse. All right, Mark. What's a, what's a winner or a loser for you? Um, I mean, I can't tell you about a whole, whole, if their entire free agency was a win, but I could tell you this signing was a win and that's Will Fuller to the Miami dolphins. I think that is a huge get. I think that makes, uh, that makes Tua in a lot more comfortable spot because that 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 just propels your entire unit. I'm a big Will Fuller fan. He's going to take the top off that team. Got to let some space open for Devontae Parker. Maybe some space open for um, uh, Hakeem Grant, if I remember correctly, that was his name. 
Grant, I can't remember what his first name was. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now as, as we're here. Um, Jakeem Grant and, and then Preston Williams as well. Isaiah Ford, those guys who could come around from the back and, and through the middle. Uh, I think it's a great acquisition for Miami. I think that really, really helps their offense. And I think Will Fuller is out to prove something um, after how he played last year and then getting suspended and all that fun stuff. But uh yeah, I think that is that's a win for Miami, and I think that's a I think they are doing well in not really spending a ton in free agency, but still uh, getting a guy in a position of need, and now they can go into the draft and keep focusing on that O line, since especially they've just lost a recent first round pick and um and uh, Isaiah Wilson, is it something like yes, that? Yes, yes. Uh, I I do like the Will Fuller signing. I think he's one of the better deep threats when he's healthy. That's his issue. He misses a lot of games last year, suspension, yeah. and then he always he just always feels like he's gone. I know when I play people in fantasy and they have Fuller, I'm like maybe well he'll probably just be out that week. I'll be fine without him. But I think overall, I think it was a good a good free agency. Nothing too crazy besides the Fuller thing, and it'll take a while. But I think they have they're in a good position where if they hit in the draft they'll look very smart they didn't go pay anyone crazy i thought releasing kyle vanoy seemed a little bit weird yeah that was a little strange i mean he seems like a great locker room person and a great culture builder that's what they're doing right now in miami but they seem like they know what they're doing so we'll i'll give them some grace in that area but a loser for me and probably everyone is the bears mark i mean Andy Dalton, they couldn't get Russell Wilson. They had that report that they the two GMs met together and out in Fargo, North Dakota to decide on a trade, and they, they couldn't get it done, and they decided on Andy Dalton. I mean, what, what were your takeaways, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not quite the consolation prize, if you ask me. Andy Dalton is an upgrade for Mitchell Trubisky, who is now in Buffalo, which I actually think is a good fit for him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That is a, that is a, a significant drop in talent there. I love Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's a pretty respectable guy and deserves a spot somewhere in the NFL. Maybe not a starting role, but deserves a significant spot on a team. But the starting quarterback of the Bears, I guess he's an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky, but for how long? That's the, uh, that would be the question I have. I mean, how long are you going to have Andy Dalton around? I mean, I guess you only signed him to a one-year deal and you could see if he's a fit, but I don't know. On top of that, the Bears also, in my opinion, lost one of their best defensive pieces on their team in Kyle Fuller, which I think is a huge loss. Mm-hmm. Just let him walk. And now he went to Denver where Denver's not going to let him go. I know they only signed him to a one-year deal, but I mean, he's going to, he's going to fit into that, I, I know the no-fly zone is not really a thing in Denver anymore, but there's still a mentality there. There's still several pieces of that team there, and I think Kyle Fuller is going to fit very nicely in Denver, and I feel like that's a terrible, terrible player to lose because I feel like he was the third or fourth best ah, the third or fourth best defensive player on that team on a great defensive unit. I mean, you had Khalil Mack, and you had Akeem Hicks, and then after that, you could argue as Eddie Jackson or Kyle Fuller, in my opinion. And so that's a huge loss for the Bears. I know that we could all focus on the fact that they didn't get Russell Wilson and instead got Andy Dalton. But I think losing Kyle Fuller is one that you definitely cannot uh, ignore 
because that is that that's a significant loss on their on their defensive side, which has always been their strength. I think one big thing about the Bears, it always seems like they make a move and then it just makes their past moves look worse and worse. They could have gotten Andy Dalton last year if they wanted to. Instead, they traded for Nick Foles, overpaid him, and now this year they get Andy Dalton. I mean, Dalton, though, is a one-year deal, which is probably the best thing about it is that it's they didn't sign him to like a two- or three-year deal, which is, which is great because if that happened, I would have been like, I don't know what the Bears are thinking right now. But I agree, Mark. The Kyle Fuller loss is huge. That is a great defensive player that they have there. And him going over to the Broncos, to me, makes the Broncos' defense step up a lot. I mean, they have a great secondary already, and I think that just kind of finishes it off there. But I, I don't know what's going on in Chicago. I feel bad for their fans, and I, I don't see a, a very bright future. I, I did see a tweet, though, that Mitchell Trubisky is going to play two games at the end and have like 350, 400 yards and like four touchdowns in each game. And then the Bears are going to end up re-signing them to like a four-year deal, which, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Obviously, I don't think they would ever re-sign him if they're smart, but I thought that was humorous. What's another winner or loser for you though, Mark? Um, I'm going to go with one that's kind of, it, it's, it's mixed because you could say they won, you could say they lost, but they lost a lot of pieces in general. And that's the Los Angeles Rams. After acquiring Matthew Stafford, which I thought was a go get the Super Bowl, go get him kind of deal. We realized the repercussions cap wise of what that means. That means losing Troy Hill. That means losing Samson Ebukam. That means losing Gerald Everett. And most, that means losing Malcolm Brown. You got Sean Jackson, cool. But most importantly, it means you lost John Johnson. And I think those are some significant losses to that Rams defense that I guess you just have to sacrifice when you're trying to propel your offense with a, an all-star quarterback like Matthew Stafford. I, I can't tell you if they are if it's a net positive or a net negative until we see what else they've got in their depth, but losing John Johnson and Samson Ebukam in particular are, are pretty significant. And uh, I mean, I guess you've got Tyler Higby there still who could just take more of the load with Jared Everett gone, but you love to have Everett there as well. And I don't really know if there's anything left in the tank for Deshaun Jackson. So I don't know if that's even really going to be anything important, especially when you already have Robert Woods and Cooper cup there who can pretty much, uh, he pretty much could do, but whatever you really need from your wide receivers, I guess he's a deep threat that uh, could be just a dedicated off the top kind of guy. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he's getting kind of old. I mean, he's 35. <laughs> it's it's not exactly like he's in his sprite young days. Uh, but regardless, I mean, I don't know. They've lost a lot since they got Matthew Stafford. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this season pans out. I really think they shouldn't have lost John Johnson. That's 26-year-old safety who has done really well at that spot. And now they've got a pretty significant hole to fill on that defense. And uh, it definitely leaves some room for worry. I think one funny thing, though, was the Michael Brocker situation. I had him down as a loser because he was quoted as saying that Matthew Stafford was an upgrade. And then he ended up being traded <laughs> to the Lions, which is which is pretty hilarious. Oh, pretty awkward for Jared Goff, but I feel like Jared Goff is gonna have to get used to some awkward situations down the line coming up. Yeah. But I, I do agree. I think the Matthew Stafford thing's big and should improve their team, but they are losing key pieces. And 
I mean, I guess it, it was over with Jared Goff, so I guess it's worth it in the end. But it just seems like they're not going to be the same exact team in probably the most difficult division in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you had to take that risk, though, because if you re-sign John Johnson, you keep Jared Goff and Gerald Everett and all that. I mean, what changes from this year a lot from last year? I feel like you had to take some risks, and that meant losing some pieces that were important. And you didn't lose Aaron Donald, and you didn't lose Jalen Ramsey, and you didn't lose. And, and now you've got a star quarterback. Uh, is that going to be enough to make the team better? Uh, that remains to excuse me. That remains to be seen. For some reason, I have the hiccups. I haven't eaten anything recently, <laughs> um, but that remains to be seen. And this Rams team is going to be fascinating to watch this next season. And I'm going to make sure my eyes pay attention to how they look throughout the season. But week one, I'm definitely going to have. Uh, one eyeball on whatever other teams are on and another one on that Los Angeles Rams team trying to peek at what does this team look like now? And, uh, you know, how, how's that season going to pan out? Because obviously week one, you'll learn things that you have to unlearn. That was a, a pattern of our story this past season. And that's the case every year. Um, but yeah, I, whether they're winners or losers, I think right now it's safe to say they lost in free agency but if Matthew Stafford pops out and, and ends up playing at the high level that some people anticipate him to play at, then you've got a net positive because he's going to win you games that maybe a couple pieces added up would not win you. So we'll see how it goes. Speaking of John Johnson, the Cleveland Browns signed with three years, about $34 million deal. I really like the Browns signing. They didn't mm-hmm. overspend in any area. They re-signed Rashad Higgins. They signed, you know, Troy Hill, another cornerback uh, uh, from the Rams to a pretty favorable deal. And I just, I like their moves. I think it was smart, shirt up the defense and they're going in the draft where they can honestly, they're probably going to lean de- defense, but they could go best available player. And when has that happened in the last 20 years for the Browns? I don't think, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of do that best available player with their first overall picks a lot, but a lot of times they're just having to throw darts at QBs and seeing if they work out or not. But I thought the Browns had a great offseason, and I'm excited for them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they've shored up some places of weakness. Like, John Johnson at safety is an immediate strength now, as opposed to being scared to find a strong safety in the draft or somewhere else in free agency. John Johnson's a huge get for them. Uh, Troy Hill also helps shore up that second, that, that cornerback group, which I still think is not a weakness as long as they stay healthy. But now you've got another talented player in that group. And if Greedy Williams doesn't pan out, then you've still got Troy Hill. Uh, on top of that, uh, this may be a little biased of me, but they signed Anthony Walker, who was playing linebacker for the Colts the past few years, uh, to a one-year prove it, little prove-it deal. I think that's a great little get for them. Their linebacking core could see some improvement. And Anthony Walker isn't going to be some fantastic playmaker but he is definitely a solid linebacker who is going to fill into that spot and not be a weakness for sorts he could be upgraded in the future which i think this is why they gave him a one-year deal maybe he proves that he's actually more than just like a stopgap but he is not going to be a weakness uh, on that defense he just won't be the strongest player on the pitch or on the field watching too much soccer recently <laughs> um but I think that's also a great little snag for the Cleveland Browns. Um, to Karis McKinley could also be – we'll see if he could actually pan out uh, here in Cleveland. Yeah, I was about to talk about how I thought the Cleveland Browns won or were winners in this free agency. I thought they did fairly well. 
and, and definitely shored up some spots where uh, we may have had some concerns. And now going into the draft, you can kind of be excited as a Browns fan because you can just kind of see who's on the board and, you know, just just have your choice of whatever is the, the richest gold in the pot. Mm-hmm. You could add depth to a position, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, they, mm. they, they could be feeling good. I think they should make the playoffs next year. Yeah. And I honestly, to me, it's them and the Ravens who wins their division. I kind of yeah. think the Steelers are falling down. And speaking of the Steelers, I didn't have the Steelers as a loser. I know they didn't really do much, but I had, I had Juju as a loser. And I know that might be a little bit weird, but I, I thought him re-signing with the Steelers was kind of odd. Apparently he had better offers from the Ravens and Chiefs. And I get he grew up there basically going into a place when he's 20 years old. And loyalty is cool and all, but that, that was weird to me. I thought there was better options out there for him. And they've already got a pretty good wide receiver room. I don't think he improves it that much, to be honest. And they're going to have to do some other cap issues because they signed him to that deal. And I, I just, I didn't get it from his part. I thought there's better options out there for him. He could have made more money in a better situation until he went in a worse situation and took a pay cut. Yeah, you know, I think that um, luckily it's only a one-year deal, Mm -hmm. um, which means it's not too consequential. But I don't know. I kind of – I personally could appreciate the sort of loyalty, especially since one of the offers was the Ravens. um, And he was like, I don't know, I ain't played for the Ravens. Like, (laughs) I can can respect that. I can respect a guy who's kind of – uh, loyal to the team and has distaste for his rivals. Like, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. And, and I mean, I guess it's good for Pittsburgh to keep a hold of him. But where I think Pittsburgh really lost is, is with some of the other players, um, especially two players on the defensive side. First off, they lost Bud Dupree to the Titans, mm-hmm. which I don't know if the Titans overpaid for him, but that remain, but, but whether that matters remains to be seen. The fact of the matter is, is he's no longer with the Steelers. And I think that's a loss for Pittsburgh. On top of that, and maybe even more importantly, they lost Mike Hilton, who I thought was fantastic, especially in the closing couple of weeks of the season. He was playing a fantastic as their sort of slot corner, uh, heavy hitter. He was making plays every single game. And I feel like, how do you let that guy go? And now you've got a cornerback room that I think is kind of lacking in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And Mike Hilton is... I felt like he was a playmaker on your defense. So it's a little baffling to me that they let him go and they let a guy like Bud Dupree go. And they also lost Matt Filer, one of their offensive linemen. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Pittsburgh lost in this free agency. Um, But Mike Hilton in particular, I don't know how you let that guy go. He, he was, he really blossomed down the stretch. I felt. What's crazy to me is they need to be a win now team with big Ben. And they don't yeah. feel like they can win now. They don't. They they didn't prove at all. And I don't think Big Ben. He's. I mean, there's points in his career where he could cover up some flaws, but right now he can't cover up flaws. And they didn't help him at all, which which sucks for him because I think it's going to be another really difficult year for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what the Steelers are going for here because I don't. I mean, I don't think they're used to being in this spot. It's been a long, long time since they've been in a position where, oh we cannot win a playoff game. I don't see them winning a playoff game, let alone making the playoffs this season. And it's been, I mean, you have to go back till before big Ben that that was the case. (laughs) And so it's been a pretty dang long time. And so 
I just, I, I feel like they're approaching this wrong. They really need to either A, set up or set up shop and sell out their players and move on to the next phase of the franchise and start thinking about your quarterback, or you've got to go in full send right now and try to win while big Ben is still there, which I don't think is the right move. I, I think the previous move makes more sense. It sucks because you have a great defense that you, you could still ride on, but not with big Ben. And unless you had found a quarterback in free agency, you didn't get Matthew Stafford looks like Deshaun Watson's now some, an absolute mess over there in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I will, we'll wait to see exactly what comes of that. Um, really the only option you've got left maybe is Sam Darnold. And if you really like him, okay. But I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to immediately make you a, a playoff contender. Um, I think you have to wait a couple years, which by that point, your defense is all going to be shipped out again. So for me, I think that you got to, you got to sell out now, even though you've got some talented pieces that just made the playoffs and started the season, like 11 and 0, 12 and 0, whatever it was. And, uh, and start starting from square one. And instead they're just going to wait it out and they're going to lose pieces that they could have kept. And they're going to, I mean, I think it's going to get ugly for Pittsburgh this year and for a couple years in the future. And one thing we've been learning, Mark, and it's a winner I had was, well, the loser of the side is, is a hard cap because we kind of learned that the hard cap doesn't really exist in a way it does, but you can avoid it. And a winner I had was avoidable years and contracts because I had to, I did my research and it's like, what, what is going on? Why is there so many avoidable years? And if you don't know, it's just basically fake years in a way, if you, Brady signs a one-year contract, but it looks like five, so they can spread out the cap it in a way. And I think that's a thing we're, we're learning is if you really want to go all in and you can say, oh, that we didn't have the cap issue, that's that's a complete lie. We, we see the Buccaneers are doing it. They're saying, hey, we're, we're restructuring people where you can just push their cap off and worry about that in the future. And I know it will probably come back to bite them, but I think this is something the Steelers could have done because they're in a situation where they – need to win now and they could have restructured some deals i know big ben restructured but it didn't help that much obviously and i just think they they could have done some things where they're probably going to say hey the cap wasn't there which i don't think is an excuse anymore because i think if you want to go all in you can go all in in the nfl right now yeah absolutely i mean I think the big issue is, is are you willing to risk that? And um, going all in is a risk. I mean, take a look at what the Patriots have done for years on years. They kept on betting for the future. They kept on hedging on to the future to win then. And I mean, it worked for them. They won several Super Bowls, went to other Super Bowls. I mean, they were a successful team. And then they're taking the hit for it this past season mixed with COVID-19. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you can wiggle around contracts. Mm-hmm. You can, if your players are willing to wiggle around with it a little bit, make less money now and make a little more later. So then you can compete for a Super Bowl now, then go for it. That money is still yours unless you decide to take a cut, which I mean, that's a different story. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that I don't know. Pittsburgh's in a weird spot because for me, this is it for Ben Roethlisberger. I felt. Ben Roethlisberger, although I had my my issues with him as a quarterback uh, throughout the years, one constant was always that Ben Roethlisberger 
delivered against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> he always beat the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh never lost to the Cleveland Browns. Then you go into the playoffs in Heinz Field, wild card round, first time the Browns have been in the playoffs in forever, and you throw four interceptions and allow the Cleveland Browns to run you out of town. I, that that hasn't happened. That's not the same Big Ben. And again, I've always been an I've always been an anti Big Ben guy, but for me then I just knew this is not the guy who can win the football the football games for the Steelers anymore. This isn't a guy who can compete for Super Bowls. This is it, and they're gonna hold on to him. They've gotten him for another year, and I think that that's just that's just punting this next season away. And if they keep him for more than that, they're gonna punt more seasons. Because at this point, you need to figure out what's coming next for the Pittsburgh. And I don't know if the Steelers are ready to handle that situation. I don't know if they're going to handle it with grace. Uh, All I know is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to be a stalwart of the NFL for the next few years, which is going to be very strange because I feel like we they're a team that competes well and are a tough team to play year in and year out. And I don't know if that's going to be the case in one or two years. Yeah, Big Ben probably should have retired this year. Yeah, but, I know it would have been a sucky way to retire, losing to the Browns, the team that you beat all your life, but throwing four interceptions and really going out ugly. But, I mean, it was a symptom of what was happening this season. It was the result. And, I mean, I don't know. What else is he going to be able to put the table than what happened last year? I don't I don't think he can get better. Yeah, I, I think he either should have retired or he sh- I don't know how the contracts work out. I didn't look at it that deeply. But I think he either should have retired or convinced them to cut him and try to convince like a Bears to sign him for really cheap or something wild, which I think would have been not smart for other teams. But I think he could have gone out better somewhere else, kind of like what yeah. Philip Rivers did. But let's take a break and we will be right back. Have you ever wondered why everyone and their mother seems like they have a podcast today? Well, it's probably because there's over a million podcasts a day alone, and it continues to grow every single day. And you've probably wondered, how do I start a podcast? And you've probably thought, it's too expensive, I don't have the equipment, it'll be too difficult, I just can't do it. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. There's a platform called Anchor, and it's the simplest way to make a podcast And I did some light background research for you. First off, it's free. There's creations tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a n c h o r dot f m to get started and we are back first and moose on u92 the moose connor taylor mark shonsters we're talking winners and losers of the free agency thus far what's another winner or loser for you mark yeah i mean looking down this list i think that um I'm looking at some of these signings. I think that one team I like as far as some of the acquisitions they've gotten and and some of them, maybe I don't agree with, but they're still interesting is the Washington football team. Hmm. I think the Washington football team have done some interesting things. First off, they, they acquired William Jackson from Cincinnati. They got Curtis Samuel 
who I think is huge, who I think is a great get for them. I think that really is a great pairing with Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's yeah. gonna get the it's gonna get the attention, and Samuel reunited with Ron Rivera is going to make some cutting routes in the inside that are that are gonna get open because they're gonna be doubling up Scary Terry. I think Curtis Samuel is going to eat in Washington. Ronald Darby, I think, is another great. Uh, oh, so, sorry, they lost Ronald Darby, um, which is a loss. But coming in with William Jackson is replacing him. Yeah. Uh, so just confused myself there. Uh, they re-signed Lamar Miller, which I guess is all right. Um, and then, of course, there's the elephant in the room. Um, we knew that they needed a quarterback. We knew the answer was not Taylor Heineke. And, <laughs> I mean, of all the quarterbacks they could have picked, they picked maybe the most chaotic answer to the equation <laughs> in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good move or it's a bad move, but it's a move and it's an exciting one um ryan fitzpatrick has now played for what nine teams ten teams something like that yeah um i loved his quote where they asked him uh about how many teams he's been on and he said you know every other game this season is going to be a revenge game because i've played on nearly half the teams <laughs> in the nfl and i think that that's just that's something only ryan fitzpatrick could say not just because he, he's one of the only players he bounces around this much but also just because of his sense of humor and the kind of person he is he'd be the only kind of guy who would say something like that and i appreciated that I mean, he's 39, so there's a concern there. But, I mean, old quarterbacks seem to make it work, including Thomas Brady. Um, But Ryan Fitzpatrick is such a chaotic answer because this past season the football team were so sturdy and so consistent outside of their quarterback, of course, where their defense put in the same product week in and week out. They were going to hold the team to a certain amount of points just about, uh, and they were going to make a certain amount of plays. The wide receivers were going to make a certain amount of plays each game. The wide offensive line was going to hold firm every single game. And, and, and what they needed was just a better talented spot, a quarterback in some skill positions as well. So then the offense could maybe carry the load a game or two. So then when the defense has a bad day, you could still win football games. And uh, you could have chosen someone. You could have gotten someone like Sam Darnold, who I don't know if he would have been the best fit there, but you could have gotten someone like Matthew Stafford, who would have been great. You could have gotten someone like, I don't know, Deshaun Watson was in the free agency maybe. Um, but again, things have changed recently as far as the Sean Watson story goes. Um, you could have even shot for Jared Goff. You could have shot for a couple other wide, rec- or wide receivers, a couple other quarterbacks in the free market, Carson Wentz, before he went to Indianapolis. Um, and instead, all of this consistency – all of these players who are rocks, who are all just sturdy players on this Washington football team, and you bring in the gunslinger of gunslingers and Ryan Fitzpatrick, he continues to do it. The Fitz magic has not ended. I thought maybe he'd wash out in Miami with Tua there, but he still found his way back in and still did some crazy stuff like throwing the football with his head at 180 degrees the opposite direction. Um, the guy is ridiculous. And I think he just continues to bring that kind of chaos to Washington, which, I mean, I guess after how last season went, could be a bit of fun and could be entertaining. Uh, I just worry that his volatility is going to be a detriment of sorts to this team that's so, so dead set on being a consistent team that's fine with punting the ball, that's fine with playing a game of possession where you're just jostling and jockeying for a good field position to get a field goal or or maybe even get close enough that you get a touchdown on a short drive. Um, I feel like I, I just worry that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to ruin that by throwing an ill advice 
biased interception in a game where you're doing well, you're slowly moving down the field because you're punting it to them. They're not getting any yards or punting it to you. You get a first down, then you go three and out. Then you punt it to them even deeper and you get closer and closer. Then you get the ball at midfield after a punt. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an interception and ruins all your progress. So it'll be interesting to see. It's an exciting acquisition, like I said already. And uh, I mean, they're another team that'll be worth watching. And I think the Washington football team, I mean, they're, they're in direct competition with the Dallas Cowboys, I think, for the top of this division this next season. They're kind of like the exact opposite of the Cowboys, where the Cowboys have a great offense and a so-so defense. You've got the Washington football team who have a great defense and a so-so offense now. Um, I don't know. I feel like I hedge my bets on Washington uh, in that regard, uh, given this, given some of these acquisitions like Curtis Samuel. But you never know with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I liked their free agency. I, I really enjoyed it by them. I think they, Curtis Samuel, very smart. William Jackson, you said, very smart. And I know Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't fit their MO of what their, their style of play, what you were saying, kind of possession-based, going for field goals. But I think it's it's just a bridge quarterback. They ended up not being able to get a Stafford, probably not going to be able to get a Watson. And I think it's I think it's a pretty good signing one year deal. And if they draft a QB, they don't have to play him right away. They yeah. can wait or they can wait till next free agency or next draft to take one and and see what happens there. I I don't think it's the worst move ever and I agree. I think it's going to be either them or the Cowboys probably. And I think overall, very good free agency. They didn't do anything too awful. And I, the, my most exciting signing was Curtis Samuel. I think it just adds a lot to the offense. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is going to make Washington football team a fun team to watch that at times probably wasn't the most fun to watch because it was a lot of sloppy games. But now we're going to see someone that adds excitement to those games. The Buccaneers, Mark, I'm sad that I have to say they're a winner. I know they didn't go out and sign people, but they re-signed everyone. And the, the crazy thing is, is I was like, all right, they're going to have to lose at least one or two players. They can't re-sign them all. And then then they they, they did. I mean, they kept – I mean, they're going to keep Brady. They re-signed Gronk, re-signed Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin. And it's, it's amazing to me how they did it. I know it's going to come back to bite them, but I think what they did was smart. Go all in right now. They've got a chance to win – the Super Bowl again, probably favorites right now. And I mean, Brady, gosh, how obnoxious is this? Yeah, I mean, Connor, I mean, we said it in the NFC needs episode. They don't really need to go out and get anybody except for maybe draft some depth. Outside of that, just keep your guys. And that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. They just kept the players. I mean, they just won a Super Bowl with this team which means they're a Super Bowl winning team, which means that you don't need to really add too much talent in free agency. You just got to make sure that injuries don't hinder your season next year. I mean, that's, that's the whole deal, isn't it? And it's unfortunate for NFL fans to see this team not get separated. And it's interesting because a lot of these contracts are also pretty long-term, which kind of goes into that whole voided year thing you were talking about earlier that they could continue to just push some of this money back if they feel like they want to take another year with these boys and, and and just shift some of that money. I mean, Tom Brady signed like what a five-year contract. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. there, I'm sure there's no way on earth he's playing for yeah. another five years. There's no way. 
And so you could just shift all that money into the back end of the deal. So then you're paying Tom Brady pennies and you could continue to buy Shaq Barrett and buy Chris Godwin and keep all of the, all the toys on offense and all the absolute monsters on defense and keep things going. So, and then you pay Brady later after he retires and then you suck. Then, you know, the Buccaneers are back where they were before, but you have maybe more than one Super Bowl ring in your closet now that, okay, I mean, mm-hmm. fine. Well, we'll it pay was off. Worth it. We'll, we'll, we'll take, we'll take the, 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 the collateral for winning maybe several <laughs> Super Bowls. Oh no. Woe is us. So, um, yeah, I just think that, that this is exactly what they need to do. And they're, they're, they're filling it out dot by dot. They're, they're, they're going to be a contender next season. And until Brady's arm just fully dies out, they're going to continue to be a contender, especially if that defense stays together. And it makes me a little bit sick to my stomach as a fan, but it's exactly what I would have done if I were there in the management. And uh, I mean, Drew Brees is gone from San, uh, from New Orleans, which broke hours after we recorded our podcast, maybe not even hours. I think it was like an hour after we finished <laughs> recording. Um, so the NFC South will live in terror for at least another year and uh they'll be competing for a super bowl again next season and the the thing is is last year didn't expect them to win the super bowl and they ended up peaking obviously at the right time but this was the year i thought like hey this is where you got a year under your belts last year was weird with COVID, a bunch of new pieces in there brady new pieces and this year just feels like they're going to be able to improve which is which is scary for all other Mm teams out there and uh probably not the best for brady haters the chargers mark as a winner i thought they were great i thought their free agency i know they lost hunter henry but i think what he would cost and what they brought in with jared cook at a lot cheaper i think was smart and they're protecting justin herbert which is what we want to see they brought in Corey lindsley matt feeler i mean this was a good offseason free agents period for the chargers and i'm excited for this Chargers offense next year and this defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that they knew where they needed to work. And honestly, I 100% agree. You lose Hunter Henry, but get Jared Cook. I think obviously Jared Cook's not the same as Hunter Mm -hmm. Henry, but that is a valid enough substitution that it doesn't hurt you that much. Plus, this is an offense that's evolving. This isn't going to be a tight end first offense anymore. The the Phillip Rivers days are over. And now you've got guys like Guyton, Jalen Guyton, who, and Mike Williams, who are going to be the forefront with a high powered, high octane offense that throws the ball all over the field with Justin Herbert. And you need an offensive line to pair up with that. And they've gone out into free agency, got Corey Lindsley. They've got, uh, let's see, Jared Cook can help with that. Uh, Ode Oboshi, Oboshi, I believe is how you say his name. Um, Those are some guys who are trying to bolster that O-line give Justin Herbert the time to make some magic happen because we saw him air it out this past season in his rookie year. He was so confident, give him more reasons to be confident. And I think that's exactly what they did. And I agree. I think the chargers have made some good moves. Um, They've got a new coach who, and I think that this could be interesting for them. Um, It's going to be a new look chargers. And they, they lost Casey Hayward, which I thought was kind of a crazy thing to crazy player to lose, but they did. Um, this is a team that's trying to re re remorph its image right now. And this off season, I think is critical to that. And this draft is critical to that. 
I think they need to continue to work on that O-line because some of these offensive line pieces are a little bit older, like Corey Lindsley. Now, of course, O-linemen can stick around mm-hmm. for a little while, but you want to get some other talent in the, in the draft. And you want to make it a team that morphs around your QB's image. Uh, and I think that that's where they're going. And I think that's great. And from here on out, uh, you hope it pans out. I, I think that the Chargers could could be a really fun team to watch. And so I hope to see them succeed because uh, I think they could be a really entertaining. And I would love to see them challenge the Chiefs year in and year out, especially with uh, the Broncos kind of being in limbo of sorts and the, and the Raiders just trying to figure out the last few things to make it click. Uh, the Chargers could be a fun team and a fun product. I thought, obviously, they paid top dollar for Corey Lindsley. I think he's one of the better. I mean, they paid him like he was the best center. I think he was last year. And we'll see how it goes because offensive line obviously get older. Sometimes injuries kind of screw over contracts. But I think it was smart to bring a veteran presence. But I do think they still need to draft offensive linemen and build that offensive line where once these veteran presence are gone, it can they can be successful because right now good veteran O-line is going to help Justin Herbert. And then once he gets more experience, he can take a lackluster offensive line and make them look better than they are. So I, I loved it overall and I'm excited for the chargers. You mentioned the Raiders Mark. I had them as losers. I thought the Kenyon Drake signing was very weird. It felt like they uh, traded away their whole offensive line. And you know what generally doesn't go well in the NFL is uh, not having a good offensive line. And it just kind of – I thought their free agency so far has been weird. I mean, what, what were your yeah. thoughts on them? Yeah, they've been on a, quite the spree. They've had some exchanges, to say the least. Uh, I'd say that, I mean, you, you get Yannick Ngakwe, which I don't think is a bad deal. I feel like Kenyon Drake for Devontae Booker is weird – is a weird substitution – like, I don't think the Kenyon Drake brings you much more than Devontae Booker would. And Devontae Booker is a lot cheaper. So that, I mean, Devontae Booker got signed for half the deal that Kenyon Drake did in New York. And I think the Giants will be happy with that. that they didn't have to pay Kenyon Drake 11 million. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think Solomon Thomas could pan out. Um, but I mean, I'm looking, you lost Tyrell Williams. John Brown's not a bad addition. And I felt like he should have stayed in Buffalo. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you, you've got a lot of people coming and people going and it, it is going to be weird. I, there wasn't a move the Raiders made that I was like, that's a good move. And so I think you're right, Connor, with all this changing and exchanging that's happening and some of these re-signings, I, I don't think the Raiders improved. I don't think the Raven, Raiders got a lot better. Yannick Ngakwe could be a good addition, but that's, that's about... I mean, and then and Solomon Thomas could be promising. Uh, and those are the two names I already said. I'm trying to reason here with what the Raiders are doing, and I'm just not seeing it. It's it's a head scratcher to say the least. And like you said, you don't want to sell out your O line. That's, I mean, they were they were a pretty good O line last year, and Derek Carr was in a pretty nice pocket for most of the season. And I don't know. This was not where I thought the Raiders needed to go with their off season, and. Uh, I mean, like I just said a moment ago, I think the Chargers are going to are gonna hop them as number two in the second fiddle in the AFC West this coming season. Any other big winners or losers before we kind of talk about those teams that maybe didn't make the biggest splash? I only have one more winner, but do you have any other winners or losers left? Um, I don't know. I guess I could call them a winner. 
Uh, and although they didn't do too much, they still did the Bay thing that we already talked about, and that's the Cardinals. I think getting J.J. Watt, that's a huge get for them. They also got A.J. Green, which is an interesting acquisition. Um, outside of that, uh, they didn't do too much. Patrick Peterson, they let him walk. Um, but I think he's reaching the tail end of his career, so I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Uh, outside of that, um, I can't say they were huge winners, but J.J. Watt going to the Cardinals, I think, is kind of proved to be huge for them. And I think he bolstered – I think he makes that entire defense better with his leadership and the, the consistency he'll bring right in the heart of the defense – um, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think that was a good acquisition and maybe AJ green will have a bounce back year and kind of try to make things work in Arizona. He could be great. I, I don't think he's an exactly a much different from someone like Deandre Hopkins. He's a go up and getter kind of pass catcher, but he could be another target and he could go off now that he doesn't have to be the number one guy you focus on. Yeah, I did. I did like what the Cardinals did. I think AJ green, I'm not sure what will happen. But I don't think it's a it's an awful deal. I mean, it was it was one year. And you see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I think him being not the number one guy is, should help him a lot. My last winner, though, Mark was was a player. It was a fullback. It was Kyle Juszczyk. Five years, twenty seven million dollars. I was just I was. I mean, I know they love their fullback and they love him at the 49ers. But I don't understand why you had to pay him that much. It, it kind of felt like that guy that drafts like some running back in the second round in a, in a fantasy draft. And you're like, hey, like I, I get he had a good year, but you could have drafted him in like the fifth round. It just seemed like, hey, I get he's integral to your offense, but no one else was going to steal him with that kind of money as a fullback. So I, I, I great for him. He's getting paid top dollar at a position that really no one cares about. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I love Kyle Juszczyk. I've said it before. I'm a big Kyle Juszczyk guy. And I think you got to give the guy the money he deserves. I think Kyle Juszczyk is, I, I mean, I, I, I always love seeing the fullback still being a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A integral part of an offense. And Kyle Juszczyk is one of the few guys standing when it comes to that. And he's so great. He's so versatile block so well you could get him out into receiving he can make some he can run the ball a little bit himself I mean I don't know I I think he deserves the contract I think Kyle Juszczyk goes a little underappreciated sometimes um I think the guy's great I'm happy for him you're probably right not many two not many teams are really looking for a solid uh fullback anymore but I think this is an instance where you got to pay the guy for what he's worth. And I think for the 49ers, he's a very valuable asset to that team, especially when you're not going to have a number one, really number one running back where we're rotating through guys to have the consistency of use check who will block for any of them. Uh, I think it's pretty important for the 49ers and um, I'm happy for him. Uh, I love him. I think Kyle use is great. I'm a, uh, it's become well known around Morgantown with people who know me that I'm a, a certified use check fanboy, And so I, I, my bias may be showing through here, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm happy for him. Your Colts, Mark. I don't know. I, I don't have like a winner or loser for them, but they re-signed Marlon Mack, re-signed Xavier Rhodes. And obviously they got Carson Wentz. Was, was there any other moves I, that I missed or anything? But I, I thought it was, you know, pretty typical Colts offseason. Nothing splashy, kind of waiting to, 
see what happens in the draft and sign their players later on. But what were your thoughts about this? Uh, I know you're following the team closer than I do. Well, this this is going exactly the way anyone who's been following Chris Ballard goes. He he money balls these players, and if they go get money, they go. And if they don't, then he signs them for little to no tender here. I mean, Xavier Rhodes, one-year deal for $6.5 million. He played great last season, and I think that's a great get. Uh, Jacoby Brissett left to go to Miami. I'm happy for Jacoby. Jacob Beeson will most likely be the guy to step up to be the backup now. Um, Danico Autry left, which is sad because I think Danico Autry was a pretty decent player. Anthony Walker left. We signed Isaac Rochelle from the Chargers uh, for $2.5 million. If it doesn't work out, it's a one-year deal. Oh, no. But, man, let me tell you, Marlon Mack for a year for $2 million is an absolute steal. It's an absolute steal. And I understand that some people will go, well, we have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. I don't know. I mean, Frank Reich's a three running back kind of guy. And Marlon Mack's going to bring different things to the table than Jonathan Taylor. And with the offensive line that we've got that are so good at run blocking, rotate through them. Make it more tricky. Diversify your run game. And for $2 million, who cares if Marlon Mack gets the ball at all? That's, that's nothing. And I think coming off of this injury that he's had, this Achilles injury, he's got to prove it a little bit. And I think that's, I, I imagine he probably went out to the market, heard he couldn't really get a lot of money and would rather stay in Indy after rehabbing the entire year with them and, and would rather be with his teammates. And I can respect that. And I mean, the Colts are doing what the Colts do. They might have a big signing in two weeks when, when everything else dies down or they might not, maybe they'll continue to sign little players. No one will notice. And, Sometimes those are the players that have done the best for Indianapolis. I mean, Xavier Rhodes didn't happen until two and a half weeks after a free agency opened. And so they're still down the line a moment where it happens, but the Colts are a patient team and are not going to overpay for somebody. And so I've liked what they've done. They also know they got to save up money for re-signing Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson coming up soon. And so that's just what you've got to do. Um, I appreciate I'm I'm all in on what the Colts are doing right now. Yeah, we mentioned a little bit earlier that it, and you mentioned with Xavier Rhodes that the signing happened later in free agency, and I think that's a lot of times what happens. I mean, we'll end up looking back and say, hey, those splashy signings, those Bud Dupree's, those Kenny Galladay's weren't the best signings by NFL teams. It was it was these kind of ones that went under the radar and ended up being great contracts for a team and producing way above their value. And I think that's what we're going to see again. Obviously, we're only a week into this, so we're reacting, and there'll be way more signings that are probably we'll, we'll like a lot and some we'll hate a lot. But one more team I want to talk about, Mark, is the New York Giants. Obviously, their, their splashiest move was probably wide receiver Kenny Galladay, four years, I believe $40 million guaranteed, and then possible $72 million. And I like it. It helps Daniel Jones, but I think this is kind of a – this is, this is the year for Daniel Jones. They, they brought in more weapons for him. I mean, wide receiver John Ross, uh, Devontae Booker at running back. I know he's not there to be Saquon Barkley. He's going to help a lot. And then you got Kyle Rudolph, not the best tight end, but helpful at tight end. So I think it's this is a year where we're going to have to be like, Daniel Jones, the Giants have to make up their mind for him because they're, they're helping him. He's got a great offensive weapons. Yeah, but he still doesn't have an offensive line. But I feel like regardless of that, you've got to see something from Daniel Jones this season. That wide receiving core is amazing now. I'll say it's amazing because with Kenny Galladay 
big drive, drive drawing the number one receiver attention. Sterling Shepard should have a monster season. Darius Slayton should have a great season. Now that the attention's not on them, you're in a really good spot receiving wise. Now, does that matter given that Daniel Jones is going to be under pressure every down? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is it's gotten to the point where Daniel Jones has got to prove it or he's got to get out. And then you get someone else to plug in right into that system and and let him try and and do his best. But we can't keep excusing Daniel Jones after the season, even if his offensive line is still not great. Um, You you want to work on it. You want to make sure that offensive line gets better. But I, I, I think this is do or die for Daniel Jones. And some people are scared of that. And they're like, well, now can't Daniel Jones has no excuses. And I, I mean, my eyes, I, I say, good. I mean, he's got to prove it now. And if he doesn't, then you don't have your quarterback. And I know that sucks to realize that, but it's better to realize it now than to hold on to him for a couple of years and go, Oh, wow. Look at all these years we wasted. We could have gotten another quarterback. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Hopefully he improves because he needs to improve this year like we're saying but i think he's got a chance to i mean kenny galladay is a he's a very good wide receiver he, yeah he's fantastic he's the best one from this free agency class and he got paid like it mm-hmm. and honestly this wide receiver class from free agency got paid lower than i expected i mean Corey davis didn't get as much as i i thought he would curtis samuel got paid pretty good but their their juju didn't get paid a ton it was basically just kenny galladay was the biggest winner of wide receivers and everyone else is kind of kind of not low-balled, but just not paid greatly, where I thought maybe you would have seen a wide receiver get more than they maybe deserve. Yeah, you're right. Also, I just want to quickly shout out another winner I hadn't thought about. The New York Jets made some great moves in free agency with Corey Davis and Keelan Cole not making a ton of tender uh, going to the Jets. I think those are some great signings for them. Carl Lawson's another good acquisition for them. Um, But yeah, I agree. Some of these receivers did not get the money that maybe they were looking for. And I mean, I think that goes to show you the value of wide receivers, though. I mean, wide receivers aren't but so valuable if the guy who's throwing it to him isn't worth anything. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us, Mark, of reacting to NFL free agency the first week. Plenty more to come and then the draft to come as well. But some some winners and losers from us today. Thank you for listening to First and Moose on United to the Moose or any podcast platform.